From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, still the new definition of color commentary as we continue our celebration of our first anniversary. And we're going to end the week on a great note with the very first one of the year, WTF Friday. <laughs> yes, folks. Definitely, it's the first WTF Friday of 2023, and man, oh man, what a day to have one. We're going today into day number four, round 12, of voting for the Speaker of the House, and sadly, Kevin McCarthy is still batting 0 for 11, and apparently, given the time uh, which is 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, looks like they've uh, already gone in the House and started up again uh, with nominations and votes. Now, one of the leaders, I guess, of the rebels or the insurgents, domestic terrorists or whatever dingbat names some of these goofy media outlets have called 20 freedom fighters who are doing the will of their constituents, man, what a concept, actually doing what your constituents want. Jeez, we've gotten away from that. But anyway, still, Chip Roy, congressman of Texas, has actually been, I guess, the lead negotiator for uh, the, the rebels, the holdouts, or whatever. And apparently... Um, he apparently uh, said it to just the news that they were making progress with the McCarthy folks, but there's still plenty of obstacles that remain. And I'm glad I've actually had a chance, because I've had some phone calls this week from uh, some of my friends across the country who are who, who've fallen for the nonsense of people like Newt Gingrich and Fox, the New York Post, I mean essentially the Murdoch family who are just hating on these people. I mean CNN and you know, MSLSD, I mean you would expect that. I mean that's standard operational procedure for them. But yes, and, and in some ways I kind of wish there would be like a spokesman for the Freedom Caucus 20 who will explain this because, you know, what, and I think probably the most articulate uh, person who has, uh, I, I guess, expressed the real reasons why they are holding out is, prob is probably Congressman Matt Gates of Florida. He's been probably one of the most, more outspoken uh, leaders of the America First and MAGA crowd, and I think he would make a great, you know, sort of spokesman. You know, let him explain it. 
Now, I don't know what people like Sean Hannity thought they were doing getting into it with Lauren Boebert. I mean, this is a mom of four boys. I mean, come on, Sean, figure it out. This is a tough lady. She knows how to lay down the law and doesn't take any crap off of anybody. I mean, that one is still a head scratcher to me. But as we go into day four of the speaker's, uh, of the speaker's race, uh, it, I, I, I'm expecting really no real moves, no real changes. Uh, and I'm still wondering, you know, it's like, why are these folks especially within the Republican conference, not understanding, hey, this, about, this is about your constituents. Not about you, not about what committee assignment you get. It's about the American people who helped get y'all into office and they are pissed, okay? Let's put it very bluntly. They are pissed off at you guys. They want real leadership. They want it in the RNC. They want it with the Speaker of the House. If you cannot embrace that very real truth, that very hard concept, then what the heck are you doing in Congress to begin with? You guys had a beautiful opportunity after the midterms to deal with this stuff ahead of time to have meetings about this kind of crud. Not wait to the last dang minute, not to the, you could have started this week off running, right out of the gate. You could have, very easily, but you screwed around and squandered a perfect opportunity over two months to get this stuff settled. And I'm taking a different approach than some other commentators. I'm thinking, why did you wait this long when you knew you had the majority? And yeah, you could have had all these, you know, McCarthy folks campaigning and all that, but no, you waited and you screwed yourselves. You shot yourselves in the foot. And now we've got this, ugh, clown car train wreck that you've subjected the nation to for the last four days when all of those who are complaining about, well, we need to get to work, you need to get to work. Well, you should have done that two months ago. You really should have done it two months ago and you could have made this a whole lot smoother. And so I'm putting the blame right where it belongs and that's with the Republican conference. Instead of now having all this stuff just sort of erupt you could have had it done beforehand, and you didn't. So yeah, I'm not going to be particularly sympathetic to many of you, to the many of the McCarthyites who are out there and they're screaming and they're griping and they're moaning about the Freedom Caucus 20 or 21 when y'all had a chance to do this. Seriously, you had a chance to get this done before. Uh, before this week. So I'm not going to be nice about this. 
I'm, I'm really not because when you have opportunities and you squander them, you you tend to not really trust the judgment of those who are leaders. That's crazy. This is absolute crazy. So go ahead, go into the weekend, continue your negotiations, do whatever, but always know to everybody in the Republican conference, whether you're for McCarthy, whether you're for Andy Biggs, Byron Donalds, whoever, you had an opportunity to fix this before this week and you didn't do it. So no, I'm not going to be very nice about this. If McCarthy isn't the guy, you would think after, what, some 11 or 12 rounds of votes, I'm going, good grief, man. It's like, I can understand about stubborn, but you don't have the votes. And if you take 11 rounds, 12 rounds, 20, 50 rounds of voting, and you still don't get it, dude, hang it up like you did the last time. But this political expedience crap is really not what the country needs. No, I've said it all this week. We have, this is not, what's going on on the floor of the house isn't chaos. And those will say, oh, it's chaos, it's chaos. BS. This is what happens when you have a constitutional republic. Can you imagine? Can you imagine with me for just a moment? It's 1787. It's Philadelphia. Independence Hall. And all the delegates are duking it out over the Constitution. And they didn't exactly have the smoothest sailing. You had the interests of larger colonies. The smaller colonies were concerned that they were going to get hosed. That, and yeah, that wasn't chaos. That was a constitutional republic at work with healthy debate and getting to an agreement, a consensus of some very simple principles and guidelines. So, no, I don't buy this. Oh, it's chaos, it's chaos. It's, shut up with the chaos talk. Just stop it. If you cannot understand the history and really the times that we're living in, then why are you in Congress? I mean, let's. somebody needs to call that out. I mean, if I was on the floor of the House, I would. So, no, stop it. Just stop it with the foolishness. I know the long knives are out. It's getting very personal, very heated, and just plain nasty. But, hey, this is the year of reckoning. And, frankly, if you're going to have this kind of a problem now, wait till September towards the end of the fiscal year when the House actually has appropriations power, the power of the purse, and everything else. Wait for that. 
because I'll guarantee you if you can't get this figured out now, you won't get it figured out in September when you've got to do this all over again. Getting back to regular order. 12 separate appropriations bills, whether Chuck Schumer likes them or not, is completely irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. Between Chuck and Mitch, <laughs> screw the Senate, frankly, because it's not about making the Senate happy. You do your dang job. Get this dealt, get this whole thing dealt with, but get the right speaker for the right time. Because if you're not willing to do that, then ladies and gentlemen, 2023 is going to be nothing short of a stone cold mess. A major league mess. We've already are in a recession. We've got spending that's out of control. We've got an omnibus bill that's straight from the pit of hell, which, is, which doesn't even include what you have to pay to service the national debt. So you're talking about $2 trillion or more. So no, this thing needs to be stopped. And now, if you can't, yeah, as I've said, if you can't get this right, wait till the debt ceiling comes up. Wait for it. And frankly, watch what happens in the Senate. I mean, frankly, they don't really care, but it's like, hey, if you're not going to be responsible with your spending in a recessionary economy where there's still inflation, where there's still high gas prices, high food prices, a border that's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese, we have supply chain issues, when we still have baby formula shortages. I mean, hello, that goes back all the way to the late summer. And we still have problems? No, we still have high housing costs. Utilities are still going up. The price of energy is absolutely obscene, especially in the colder parts of the country that are in the middle of some pretty harsh winters. So no, I, I have zero sympathy, zero compassion for the Republican conference because they had their chance and they screwed the pooch again. So no, get this done. Do it. I mean, yes, take away, keep, if, if McCarthy is to become speaker, yes, he needs to be held on a very, very short leash. Because I guarantee you, given the opportunity to be revert back to the swamp creature that he is, part of the cartel, bought and paid for, and you have to deal with these China first yahoos in the Senate and in the House, so no. You better hold him on a very short leash and keep him accountable. Do whatever it takes if McCarthy is going to be the guy. But make sure you keep it, that leash tight on him. If he has a problem with it, too freaking bad because that's the price you pay to get power. And it's all about money and power. I mean, it's no more complicated than that. It's about money and power. 
And people like McCarthy, people like Mitch McConnell, and his wife, Elaine Chow, are China first. And given the fact that Elaine Chow's family has a maritime business with very deep ties to the Chinese, communist Chinese, yeah, okay. I don't care if you're upset over it. Too bad. Because we need, we still need America first. And if you're not willing to do that, then, well, guess what? Your day of reckoning is coming, and this stuff is going to come back and bite you right in the butt. And I hope it bites hard, because you need to painfully realize selling out the country, selling out the republic, does have consequences. Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. This is what you're going to have to deal with. This is the reality that is going to happen. And if you think it's going to be bad and chaotic now, like I said, the debt ceiling's coming. The new budget is going to be coming in September at the end of the fiscal year. Oh, yeah. You better think about the long game real quick, Republicans. Because I'll guarantee you, <laughs> it's going to be pretty much a knockdown drag out when you get to the debt ceiling and getting to appropriations later on in the year. Yay, happy. Ugh. So I'm, I'm pretty disgusted with it, but you know, I can rant and rant and rant and rant. But I have to just wait and see how this, how this turns out. Because how it turns out is going to be indicative of what's going to happen for the rest of the year. And I don't want to be Mr. Gloom and Doom, but I also want to be firmly grounded in reality. And it's not looking good right now, but I would like to be proven wrong on this. I really would. But... I'm just going to have to, like everybody else, wait and see what goes on and try to make the best out of a really weird situation economically that we can. Oh, also today, and I'm really surprised at myself for, about, for what I'm about to say, it's two years since January 6th and the Fed surrection. Yes, I said Fedsurrection, not insurrection or anything like that. I'm not going to go the way of Looney Liz Cheney. She's done. She's gone. Same thing with Kinzinger. Apparently, Adam Kinzinger, crybaby Kinzinger, got himself a gig as a commentator with the Communist News Network. Is that a surprise? Hardly. I'm, you know, so... Yeah, I don't, that's why I'm kind of glad I don't watch CNN anyway, and especially with a piece of work like that. <laughs> Next. So anyway, so yeah, we're, and it's two years since January 6th in the Fed surrection. The hearings with this quote-unquote committee, which is nothing, uh, it's not a committee at all. It's a kangaroo court. It's a Soviet Union-style trial. 
to go after President Trump and do whatever they can to damage him. And it was nothing short of, well, <laughs> I'm trying to find the best way to describe this without getting too salty, but it was a, it was a crap show. It was bad. It was a bad soap opera. A bad soap opera combined with the Twilight Zone. Because some of the crap that came out of the mouths of these quote-unquote witnesses, some of the Capitol Hill Capitol cops, were, I mean, and this, oh my goodness, this page somebody, I don't know, the young woman who perjured herself so big times talking that President Trump tried to grab the wheel from the Secret Service driver in the Beast. I'm like, it's crap like that that made the public hearings, <laughs> the ratings were a joke and a very cruel joke. And they sucked. They absolutely sucked. And no network in their right mind was going to put it on. I mean that's one of the smart things that they act that the media actually did. So no. And their report? <laughs> Next. Absolute fiction. I mean, nobody in Hollywood would write fiction like this. I'm serious. Uh, and, and no. And they actually withdrew their subpoena of President Trump because they knew their time was up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, yay, happy, happy. You know, they finally figured it out. Okay, it's over, done, see ya. And any sort of criminal referrals weren't even legal because it wasn't a true committee. It was Nancy Pelosi's hand-picked bunch of psychopaths, sociopathic liars, and just nut jobs, absolute nut jobs. Like Jamie Raskin and Melonhead Pencil Neck Adam Schiff. You know, Benny Thompson? Please spare me, Benny. Yeah, you're black, you're liberal, you're from Mississippi, but hmm. But not particularly impressive. You never have been and you never will be. So you're you're essentially done. Now, if they ever try to, if the Republicans ever try to put a, a new January 6th committee, the first witness they better call is the mysterious Ray Epps. Now, some of you might be going, who's Ray Epps? I'm thinking Ray Epps is a very pivotal figure because when... It ha when January 6th happened, there, uh, there's a great story. If you really want to learn some of the backstory on this Ray Epps, go to revolver.news. Uh, Darren Beatty and his team over there did an extensive research into Ray Epps, who he is, what was he doing the day before January 6th, day of January 6th, and how many FBI informants or agents had infiltrated the whole scene. 
that that those are those are questions that need to be asked and he need and it needs to be done under oath and with cross-examination oh absolutely because Ray Epps hit every part of his story is so hinky even I'm scratching my head he's on tape he is he's caught on video on Jan the night of January 5th telling people that we're gonna go into the Capitol and everybody around him was like no and they're yelling fed 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 the <laughs> oh my goodness it's out there if you're willing to do a little digging go to revolver.news they've got it and then day of January 6th oh yeah he was there very much involved now here comes the really hinky part from January up until June 30th he was wanted by the FBI he was on their wanted list and his picture was all over the FBI website on July 1st and beyond all of a sudden his picture's gone it's gone from the FBI website and even and it was discovered that Ray Epps lives in Arizona now even regional media the local media there in the Phoenix area when they went to the Phoenix field office of the FBI they swore up and down on a stack of Bibles that they didn't know who this guy was and that all of a sudden my red lights all came on I'm like how does this happen I mean seriously how does this happen you know and yeah and, and all the other crap that came out of that but sadly and, and tragically Ashley and the, the murder of Ashley Babbitt and yes I said murder because every single solitary police officer that I know who knows this case absolutely unanimously said this was a bad shooting it was a trigger-happy cop who happened to whose identity was blocked for months but now we find out he the cop was black a man who had a very less than stellar record as a police officer and he shot Ashley Babbitt dead she was not a threat she was completely unarmed and she and, and she was shot dead it was a bad shooting and yet all this guy got this what lieutenant bird i believe was his name or is his name and he just got a slap on the wrist i said dude you're a murderer you murdered an unarmed woman an air force veteran in cold blood and and all of a sudden you had people like Nancy Pelosi and the mainstream media giving you all this cover like you were just the victim bull complete and utter bull now here's something sadly that I want to have some sympathy for but I can't uh, story from just the news today um, the 
girlfriend of the Capitol Hill police officer who died from a stroke the day after January 6th, Nick Sicknick's former girlfriend is now filing a lawsuit against President Trump in connection with the death of Officer Sicknick. I'm sorry, uh, ma'am. I'm sorry. Her name is Sandra Garza, but I'm sorry, uh, my dear, but your case is worthless. Just because you filed it in D.C., it's worthless because you're trying to say that Trump directly instigated the riot and there's plenty of evidence to the contrary. Now, I don't know if it's just anger, grief, Trump derangement syndrome, or a combination of all of it, but my dear, no. Sorry, the medical examiner didn't even link the officer's Officer Sicknick's death to January 6th. So I'm sorry. I mean, this is a frivolous lawsuit. And Trump is going, is not going to be convicted. I mean, you don't have real evidence. And I'm sorry for that. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Sicknick, you know, she's apparently this Garza woman is suing for damages of $10 million for Sicknick's estate. And I'm going, no, honey, I'm sorry. You're probably not, you're probably not going to get a dime trying to prove this. I'm sorry. But this is how crazy some of this is. And besides, why did it take this woman two years to file suit? I mean, are you just kind of timing it to take advantage of the anniversary? You could have done that last year, but I don't know. I don't know what her, I don't know what the woman's motives are, but her case has no chance. It just doesn't. So no, I'm not gonna really get into that. But. As, of, as I did yesterday, I do want to end on a positive note, and I am so happy to do this. Now, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills is con was conscious. His breathing tube has been removed. Doctors say that he's, his lungs are healing, his neurological condition is intact, and he is making remarkable progress. Yay, happy. Yes. You know, and it was even so amazing, his, progr his progress. He even had a chance to say a few brief words to the rest of the Bills team. Now, the NFL is, has decided to not replay uh, the Bills-Bengals game, which does have a direct impact on the playoff picture, but given what happened, it's like, hey, if you're in the playoffs, just take it and go with it. Just go with it and be happy that you're there because DeMar Hamlin's life 
is a heck of a lot more important than playoff positioning. That is for sure. So that is a great way to end our first week uh, of our anniversary. And I'm thankful, very, very thankful for so many of you from last year and new folks who are coming on this year to help make the show grow. I'm grateful for all of it. I thank you for your support. We've got plenty of projects that we're wanting to get done. And I'm hoping that you will continue your support to tell people about the podcast. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews that are coming uh, this weekend on our Rumble page on In Black and Right Live. And next Monday, next Monday on our Locals page, we will be starting our daily live stream. And I'm looking forward to that and to uh, help grow our community on Locals. It's going to be fun. And I'm looking forward to doing it. So I hope you will join me. And as always, of course, you can find the audio podcast on any podcast platform. We're on all of them. Uh, just look for In Black and Right. Or go look for my name, Jerry Brooks. And you'll be able to find it pretty much anywhere. And with that in mind, I thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. I will be monitoring the situation with the House of Representatives vote for speaker uh, over the weekend, and I will be posting on all of our uh, social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and Getter, and Truth Social. So take care, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. God bless you. And always remember, patriots still come in all colors. Oh, 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 oh,